You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. guess what? I've got a new book coming out. It's called The Goddess Discovered, Exploring the Divine Feminine Around the World. And it is coming out on December 8th from Llewellyn Worldwide. This book has over 500 deities in it. Part one of the book will take you into the ancient world where you will learn about ancient religions that you may have practiced during your past lives and you'll explore goddesses from the ancient Celts, the Norse, the Egyptians, the Greeks and Romans, and more. And then in part two, we will explore living religions, current modern religions, and the deities worshipped by people during our own modern times. In part three, you'll have a chance to take some past life regressions and even genealogical regressions to connect with the places where your ancestors may have worshipped these deities in the past. Pre-order The Goddess Discovered and you'll receive a free gift, a guided journey from me through my healing arts platform. I hope that this one will be a book that you will have on your shelf for years to come. And I cannot thank you enough for your support of this book. I'll have lots of events coming up. But meanwhile, you can pre-order The Goddess Discovered. And I thank you so much for your support. Namaste. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. Season's greetings, dear one. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So we've got a beautiful guest who is going to be on the show today. Judy Wilkins-Smith is here, and she's going to be talking about ancestral healing with me, which is one of my favorite topics. Along those lines, um, I did want to mention that I have a new book coming out in June of 2024 called Ancestral Energy Healing. And so stay tuned for that. It is coming out from Llewellyn on June 8th, 2024. Um, The book will cover some very deep healing work, extensive genealogical regressions, and then I'm going to show you a very, very powerful technique to work with ancestral healing in your life. 
So we are right before the Christmas holidays, so I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope you are doing well. Um, and I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. So I just wanted to wish you Merry Christmas. Also, stay tuned next week. We'll have a very special guest, and I have a big announcement to make next week. So with that, I wish you a beautiful holiday season. Merry Christmas, and let's settle in and listen to Judy Wilkins-Smith. dear friends, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I'm so excited today to have our guest, Judy Wilkins-Smith is here. She is a family constellations expert, a multi-published author, and an expert on generational healing. Judy, welcome to Healing Arts. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Yes. Well, so afternoon, technically. Yes, afternoon. So I have been aware of you and your work for many years. You're doing some amazing work. Can you tell us how you became interested in this and then share if readers or viewers are not um, familiar with family constellations, what is that and how does it work? I know that's a lot, but. Okay, so uh, it found me more than I found it. I, my father was actually killed in Tyler and um, it was a case of either write books or go crazy. And I figured writing books was probably the better option. And I was doing research for one of my books and stumbled into this work. And the person who was doing it said, come and learn the work and I'll help you with the book. So I went and learned the book, uh, went and learned the work, got zero help with the book, may I just say. But um, it started me down the road. And then what happened pretty quickly was people said to me, well, if you can work with individuals, can you work with executives? So then it, it turned into not just family systems work, but organizational systems. And then they said, if you can work with executives, can you work with companies? So I, I work with a lot of Fortune 50 and Fortune 500 companies and a lot of their executives. And we use this approach when they have big problems to solve. And then of course, I also do the family side of it. And I train people in both organizational and family and have live events and also the meditations and the books. Wow. Wow. So you've got your new book is decoding your emotional blueprint. And the big takeaway from that one is helping um, people with a topic that I have run across a lot when I do past life regression work. And that is that people have challenges around money. So yes. tell us more. This is what we need to hear. Money is a very hot topic at the moment. It actually surprises me more so than ever. And I think some of that is because people have a sense that they could do more, have more, be more around money. But we have so many sentences and so many multi-generational sayings telling us that we can't, that we believe that it keeps us small. <clears throat> when I do Money DNA, which by the way, I will be teaching at Disney World this year in November. Yay! Oh, yes. Best place to go and do it. It's a four-day piece where we will look at money where does your money dna come from how does it live in you how do you change that 
What is your new money DNA? So it's, it takes time to look at all of that. And your money DNA, of course, is your inherited patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions around money. Where did those come from? We have lots of very, very big, what we call meta patterns. It's better to give than to receive. It doesn't grow on trees. It's either love or money. It's either money or education. Money is perpetually created or classed as an or. If you have that, you're bad. And if you don't have it, well, you're a good person. Not, not true. And so money doesn't get the love that it should. And the first thing that people want to understand about money is it is not a commodity. It is a relationship. And it is also not a materialistic commodity unless you make it that. It is, it is spiritual flow. But we downgraded with all of these thoughts that we have and all of the things that we've been told and hold as truth. So what I do is we sit and look at that and we discombobulate that so that you begin to be not just a wise steward of money, you have a good relationship with money and you begin to love it, which as you know, everybody's going to go when you say that because theoretically love of money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. Lust of money, maybe. Love of money means I care what flows in and what flows out. I'm a wise steward. I do good things with it, both for me and my family and the people around me. And it is its flow. I learned to see it as flow. Absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. We do have so many societal sayings and things that we've all, whether we realize it or not, we are buying into it at the subconscious level, at the deepest level. And, you know, there's a lot of studies now about epigenetics and the yes. fact that our ancestral heritage really is embedded in our DNA. When you yeah. have centers for disease control and legit organizations talking about this, how do you think that's really expanded? Because I think it's exploding this work. I think it's exploding. It is exploding this work. So, so what I tell people is the work that I do is Ancestry 3.0. Ancestry 1.0 tells you where you came from, where you belong, and all of that good stuff. Ancestry 2.0 takes all of the events that have happened in your family and starts to say to you, here are the patterns. Ancestry 3.0 is when I work one-on-one -on -one with people to say, this is the pattern, here's where it came from, here's how it's affecting you, here's what you can do with it. Because the piece that most of us miss is that you get these patterns that come at you and they may not be easy, they may be unkind or unpleasant, but right next to that pattern, which by the way is the pattern trying to stop, is the pattern trying to start. And the purpose of the pattern trying to stop is to keep pinging you until you realize it's saying, hey, I've outlived my usefulness, what can you do differently? And then the pattern trying to start begins to emerge. And um, then what we trip into is two things, your epigenetics, because epigenetics, a lot of that happens when you have an intense feeling or a significant event, and there are thoughts, feelings, and actions that download, and they imprint on, on the genetic code, right? So that's your one piece. Then we think we're a victim of that. No, we're not. This is the pattern that's flowed down, but neuroscientifically, you are able to rewire your brain one new thought, one new feeling, one new action at a time. And that's what I teach. 
So it's, it's where a lot of constellations work stops at, we found the pattern, go correct it. The work that I do is, here's the pattern, here's what it means, here's the gold in that pattern, because there is gold, and here's your purpose with that pattern. And all of a sudden, people are now using this work not as a healing mechanism, but completely as a transformational tool, which is, is why I created the two meditations that allow you to go back down both the mother's line and the father's line. And um, those have been super helpful to people. Uh, and in fact, always a shout out um, to uh, Barry, Barry Goldstein, because he is the person who does the, the music for Joe Dispenza's work. He also is the one who did the music for my two meditations and produced it. And so he's very mindful of using the correct beats, which people will understand and the correct frequencies. And it, it takes you all the way back through those systems and then brings you into your own shoes. And your own shoes are what then determine the epigenetic impacts for the further, for the next generation. Yeah, I completely agree with this idea that we have to, we've had things happen to us. Of course, they're not pleasant, but we have to see ourselves not as a victim, but learning the lessons and then making the most out of the fact that we really are learning from some of the challenges that we face in our lives. And I think that really is um, key to this work as well. And the fact yeah, that we, you, you see like the work of um, Bruce Lipton, the biology of belief, exactly. you know, yes, exactly. it's in our DNA, but do we not have some ability to go within our minds? We're so powerful in the mind yeah. to try to move forward in the ways that you're describing. Yes. And these things that are challenging then become the best things that ever happened to us. Then. Yes, because they're actually the gifts waiting for us to see it. Now, if you go to Bruce Lipton saying that the mind can affect the body, he's right. And here's how, and people really, really want to understand that if it's the one thing they take away from our talk, here's what they want to understand. Your truth is not the truth, it's your truth. And you can change it anytime you want to. And here's how that happens. Somebody says to you, you're so stupid, or you do something and go, oh, oh my goodness, that was stupid, I'm in big trouble. I'm, I will never do that again. The fact of the matter is I'm too small for that. Or you make a pronouncement, you're actually telling your brain, you're teaching your brain and your body is responding. And when the, those two, when the head, heart and gut, so it's the three, when the head, heart and gut align, that becomes your truth. So if you say I'm terrible and your gut goes mm, and your heart closes, this is your, your new truth. When you go, oh my goodness, I'm so impressed with what just happened. Look at me, I'm so happy this is good, I can do this. And your body starts to do this and your gut goes, yes, you've just aligned the other way and that becomes your new truth. So condensed version of that is when your brain tells your body a story that your body believes, that becomes your truth. And that is exactly how we create new ways to function. Um, if you watch people who, two people who are injured in an accident, the one says, my life is over, and so it is. The other one says, I just found my purpose, and so it is. It's, it sounds simple, but if people sit and think about the times when they've told themselves how stupid they were, 
and believed it and how it's affected their lives, or they've told themselves, I got this, I can do this, and it's affected their lives, they understand what they're doing now is consciously creating their truth. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And the other thing that I think is really fascinating right now is, is these studies that are coming out. Like there was one on the Dutch hunger winter yes. and people who um, you know, really suffered during that time. They've proven scientifically. So it's not just a couple of woo-woos like us talking about this, but they've yep. proven that the stress cortisol levels are higher and then there's different markers. And again, these are the things that you're talking about could then be transformed, yes. But the fact that we have these actual studies that show that we really are inheriting stressors from the ancestors, I think then lends people to be more open to the idea that what, you mean I, I could think that this is a good thing and I could just make that new decision? And the answer is of course, yes. yes and I think the science yes. really helps us, don't you think? Yes, the science helps us tremendously. That's why there's a whole chapter on it in my book. But people don't realize they're doing this all day long quite unconsciously. You're stupid. You can't do that. Okay. That was really good. You should do more of that. Mm -hmm. This is this is exactly how we further our careers, how we further our lives, how we how we expand our money bandwidths. Because I get people who will do extremely well with money and then suddenly U-turn. And when we have a look, they U-turn at the same point as a parent or um, a sibling or a relative did. And it's an unconscious mm. loyalty. So you want to break through that. We genuinely are, and, and science will bear this out. We're genuinely limitless creators, but we're pretty much doing it unconsciously all the time. It's when we become focused that we get we get somewhere. Think of, think of going to go and study whatever it is to become a nurse. It's not that you're a nurse. It's that you make the decision. I'm going to be a nurse. And then you keep studying everything that you need. But all of the time you're saying, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm a nurse. A nurse is what I do. This is, this is me. Who, who made that? You made that. You made the choice. You took the decision. You took the actions. You went on the path. This is no different. Wow. You know, it's so true. They have there's been so many books, like the law of attraction, like I just need to think it into existence, or I need to do this or that. And yet this scientific basis and the work that you're doing, it's bringing it into the forefront, like this is in your DNA, you can do this. Um, and that when you're wanting something, you need to act as if you already have it, you're making a decision to create it rather than to create unproductive thoughts. But as you said, we're just subconsciously you know, if we could get into our own minds and really um, take note of everything that we're telling ourselves every day, I would think we most of us would be very surprised and shocked well, and yeah. needing an overhaul. Yes. And, and if you want to, because people will say to me, oh, please, how do you know if it's an ancestral pattern? How, how can you talk about your ancestors talking to you? Very easy one for them to experience. All they got to do is decide that they want to do something amazing. And then listen to all the little naysayers, all the things that say, you can't do it, you won't do it, you shouldn't do it, not a good idea. That's your ancestors. If you go and look, that's their language. It's the language of, and sometimes it's actually the language of yes, because this isn't just about limiting patterns. You may have someone who comes in and says, 
well, I'm an incredibly successful lawyer, but I mean, we've had five generations of that. So we know how to do this. Yes, you've laid down those neural pathways. So we have very good neural pathways, but we've also been taught that, that the good is immaterial. We need to work on fixing. And for me, when I teach people, I tell them, if you've come here to fix yourself or heal, you've come to the wrong place. You were, you were not broken in the first place. We're here to build on what you have. It's a great point. I think you're right. Um, in even regular past life regression, most people think, okay, they've got a challenge. That's usually what motivates most people to seek any kind of intervention. Right. But yet there's so many good things that the ancestors bring us, that our past life experiences bring us, that we do need to focus on some of those gifts and just embrace them and then move forward. Exactly. And by the way, you don't have a challenge. This is where the other place where people get stuck. You don't have a challenge, you have an adventure. It's offering itself over and over again. You also, it's not the sins of the father, it's the love of the children and, and the love of the system trying to move you forward. So if you're stuck, my comment when people tell me they're stuck is, yay, you've just gotten into a box that's too small for you. Time to break out. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. I have spoken to many um, readers and students and people who really feel like right now at a soul level, they are being called to heal on behalf of their, I know you said this is not a healing, but to heal or empower oh. themselves on behalf of their ancestors. So have you heard similar things like at the movement that is building around the world right now? Yes. I, yes. Yes. There is a big movement around that. And what they're actually being asked is not, as you said, to heal the wounds of the ancestors. It's to look at them and to see the gifts of the ancestors. And when we start to look at it that way, we're going to be very much less afraid to go on the adventure. You're the one who's here right now. You're the one with all of these pieces, these so-called wounds from the ancestors, when you're willing to look you're going to also see what your purpose is. So people will come to me and say, there is no joy in my family. It's terrible. I don't know what my purpose is. Hello. Your purpose is probably joy. Everybody in our family is depressed. What is the event that led to that? Let's have a look at the event. Let's have a look at what was said, what was felt and what was done. Now let's have a look at the possibility. Do you want to stay depressed? I have somebody who from a, and in all of our, our different cultures and groups, we're taught that we're, we're small, we're bad, you were born into sin, you're going to die in sin, try doing it well, so God gives you seat L34. No, you were born, you're given an opportunity, can you further the system, what is your adventure, here we go. That's a great way to look at it, life is an adventure. It really is. And adventures don't just do this. They do this. Yes, because if everything was going good all the time, you know, we, we would need a little excitement, I think. It is. You know, yes and no. If everything was going good, I'd love to see it then going great. So people who come to me and say, my life is great. I'm like, good. What's the next level? There, there is, it's an infinite expanding possibility. And it's so it's so fun. I mean, we've been through a couple of tough months, or I have in the last while, no, the family has, tough months. 
But in all of that, do you really want to give up or do you want to keep looking at what else is there? What's possible? How do yeah. we do that? What's and next? you can say, what's next? What's the next box I can open? Yeah. And I would say to people who go through tough times, not only breathe, and I really do mean breathe, not just breathe, really breathe, but really look at what's trying to tell you something and what you can do on the other side of this and always hold that possibility because it's going to keep you focused in a really good direction. Absolutely. It's such a great point. I mean, I think that everyone um, is very clear on what tough times look like after the last few years. Ugh. And yet we are resilient and we do, you know, there's a lot of good things, great things, excellent things that come out of these challenges and um, we're moving forward. And so Absolutely. the adventure gets better and better if we but can just understand that, you know, I, I guess I was thinking during the pandemic, you know, people who are maybe younger or they haven't really had as much life experience you know, once you get enough um, years under your belt, you start to understand that things can be very difficult and then you can rise up out of those because you know that the adventure is continuing, you know? So my heart really did go out to um, the younger generation, I think. And I think though through this process, everybody is growing and learning and understanding that the adventure is definitely continuing. Yeah, I, I, wish, I wish there had been a bigger platform to say to them, you know, this is tough, but guess what? You get to tell your kids and you get to tell people, I, we went through this thing. Um, yes. I also noticed, as I always do, that during the pandemic, a lot of people struggled and there were people who profited and not at the expense of, they simply told themselves a different story. And what they said was, well, oh, here's an opportunity. In fact, my book was written during the pandemic. Yeah, um, I wrote I wrote during the pandemic as well. And this this podcast started right at the beginning of the pandemic as I thought, well, let's just get together and have conversations because we're stuck in our houses. You know, we're so not going to sit here. Exactly. You didn't look at the obstacle. You looked at the opportunity. And this is something we've got to teach kids and people yeah. from small. There may be an obstacle. What's the opportunity? Let's look. We will find it. It may appear awful. There are always answers. You've just got to keep asking and finding the question. Absolutely. It's a really important message. It's important work that you're doing. So I know you're coming to Dallas. So tell us about that and tell us more about your Disneyland adventure. Everybody wants to know, how can okay, we work so with you? First, Dallas. Dallas, I will be back in July. And I'm actually doing the foundational piece of this work which is emotional DNA. So your inheritance of emotional DNA, systemic work and constellations. Um, and yeah, that'll be it's the last weekend in July. I usually do it a Saturday, Sunday, at least Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's an all day thing for three days. And this really teaches you the fundamentals of what the work is about, but more than anything, who am I? Where does all of my emotional DNA come from? What can I do with it? Because there's a lot that you can do with it, a lot. So that's in Dallas. Now, the other one is Disney World down in Florida. And that is November 5th through 8th, and it's Money DNA. And it's by popular request because everybody wants to know about money. And people who attend my Money DNA courses or events will very often say to me, hey, I 
became a seven-figure person this year after the event, or, hey, I recorded my best year ever after the event, because finally, money wasn't the enemy, money wasn't the big fear, money wasn't the that thing. In fact, there's a gentleman, I think, by the name of John Butcher, I want to say, and I'm going to paraphrase. So, And he says something along the lines of, what if we were told from a very young age that a means to um, solving disease and hunger and poverty was money and that loving money was not an affliction, but indeed an answer to some of the greatest problems in the world. And I love that, love that, because it, it really is, we are so close to the idea of what we can do, be, have with money that we keep shutting it out. I know I did. I had a, I always tell people I had a, an adventure that I only saw later, but it was so clear when I started working with money. I went to a casino. I had my jar, a, a jar of coins and I had my mother-in-law's jar of coins. And I had just such a few because we were newly married, didn't have a lot of money and we could have really used the money. And I really wanted to do more with money. And I put three coins in and I hit a jackpot. And then I realized I'd taken them out of her jar, not mine. Now, in my family, the saying is honesty before everything else. So I go over to her and instead of just putting three coins into hers, I go over to her and I say to her, I hit a jackpot, but I took three coins out of your jar mistakenly. So I guess it's yours. And she took it. Yeah, everybody says to me, mean lady. No, not mean lady. Money was trying everything. It was knocking on the door. I was making, I became a chocolatier. It was trying every way it could to be friends with me. And I was all about the suffering and the less than and the give it away. And the, it couldn't have done anything with me if it tried. It was only when I started talking to money and going for money walks and interacting with it as this being and flow that things turned around because I could turn around my own thoughts, feelings, actions, and welcome money as a partner and wonder what we could do together and dream of things like having Disney timeshare one day. And it was a super distant dream. And I kept putting little bits away. And then when my brother was due to come over and I was going to pay for their accommodation, realized I had enough money for a deposit on timeshare and it came into being but if you and that's the other thing if you don't give money a place to flow it can't and it can't grow so you've got to be really clear about what you wanted to do and where you wanted to flow because you become intentional and it gets a place to go to that is fantastic you can hear i love talking about money it's a good friend I know that there are so many people who love hearing you talk about money because this is, as you've said, it's just one of the biggest challenges people have, especially these days. They believe that, uh, well, there's some beliefs and they need to change, I, I think. Yeah. And the minute they change the belief, that becomes the newness, right? That's the biggest thing. It, it, but it can't be a change it here. It's got to literally be a head, heart, gut, boom, and a commitment. And when and they action. do. And at, yes. Sitting on a, on a lotus leaf and hoping is not going to get you there. 
Yeah, I think that was one of the big um, things that was left out of all of the law of attraction. I think people thought that the lotus leaf was available and that, you know, miraculously, it was just going to beam into their living room. So you got to take I action. Love, I love law of attraction because it really talks about getting into alignment. But I think that a lot of the teaching is missed if we don't explain to people that the, the head, heart and gut have to be together. And the brain has to tell the body a story that the body goes yes to. When your, your heart and gut and head go a full-on yes, that's when things change. And as I've said, every single person on the planet has done that at some point. They just haven't realized it. Yeah, so true. Just bringing more conscious awareness into how we're feeling, what we're saying, what we're what doing. What we want. What, what we, we want. want and what we're going to align our feelings around with that. I'm going to be a nurse. You can't be a nurse. Nobody in the family is a nurse. I'm going to be a nurse. If I know here and my heart says yes and my gut says yes and I take the action, it's happening. Yes, absolutely. Excellent work. So Judy's website is Judy wilkins-smith.com you can find out more about her new book all of her amazing classes judy it was a joy to meet you i wish you continued success with the important and amazing work that you're doing and thank you so much for having me and as a fellow texan let's make it a good day yes we certainly will friends check out julie judy's i'm sorry i'll cut that off you're good Friends, check out Judy's links below, her books, and all of her materials, and I will see you next time on Healing Arts. Hey friends, would you like to heal your ancestors to heal your life? Well, you can do just that with my book by the same name that will teach you my genealogical regression process so that you can send love and light to your ancestors. And by learning a few simple techniques, you will begin to feel the benefits of that healing resonating through yourself and your entire family, past, present, and future. Check out my book, Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, The Transformative Power of Genealogical Regression, today. Just go to pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and check it out. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at Past Life Lady or connect with me on Facebook at Past Life Lady.